Hey folks, and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The daily ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing 5 centimeters per second, Children Who Chase Lost Voices, Your Name, Weathering With You, and finally, newly released Suzume, all directed by Makoto Shinkai. It's going to be a great show, folks, so stay tuned and enjoy. Mr. Vincent Daly, how we doing, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Tommy boy? Uh, it's going okay with me. How was your uh, week of movies, man? A week was anime-filled, was uh, overly it emotional. Was, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't feeling the emotion, but it was <laughs> yeah. trying to make me feel the emotion. So, <laughs> so we're going to... This is probably weird to see for some people. Fair. I think fair. You, you, teased, you teased it last week, yep. but basically we have kind of a mini special here. Yeah. Because we, yeah. we have a newly, re- newly released, though. But basically, you took this director who just came out with a new release called Suzume. Yep. Came out last, came out in late 2022 in Japan, but oh, got, yep, got yep. released about a month ago here. Bingo. In the States. Makoto Shinkai. He's a big name, he's a big deal, but also his specific anime that comes out, is, it's also a reason why he wanted to bundle this all together. It's not very obscure. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's kind of a big deal. So that was kind of, what was kind of your thought process for just approaching this week? Sure, sure. So yeah, Makoto Shinkai is a both a, a writer and director. So right off the bat, I, I want to cover these, these writer-directors as, you know, this is fully his own you know, realized vision for his projects. Um, and w- with some of the biggest hits uh, in the last 10 years of Japanese films, live action or otherwise, I know Makoto Shinkai is a serious juggernaut here. Out of the five films we're covering, uh-huh. three of them are in the top 15 all time Wow! in Japan. Wow. Three of them. Damn. One of them is Suzume, by the way. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's great to hear. Yeah. That's great so to hear. The guy is like, it's a big like, and that's why I started off with saying this isn't niche, weird yeah. anime. I mean, maybe this is probably the most mainstream anime you can watch. Right. Honestly. So it's very. If you want to dip your toe into anime, this is a great week and a great, big. great amount of movies to approach it. Absolutely. There's other big ones in Jap- in Japan, of course. Mm-hmm. Spirited Away is huge. Sure. sure. Um, and that's now the number two film in Japan. Wow. It got knocked down. It got knocked down by, I'll have to find the name of the other one, but sure, it came sure. out in 2020. Okay. Something that kind of sounds more off-brand to us, at okay. least. Okay. But basically, this guy, it's, it's a heavy hitter, and this, and his content isn't over the top where it's going to be, not going to be palatable for a lot of people. Bingo, yeah. I, I mean, I'll probably say it a, a good amount of times uh, in this episode, this week's uh, <laughs> fixation in, in terms that, I, that I'll have, but a, a gateway drug anime, basically. These movies are not your average anime, and by that it means they lack a lot of the anime-ness that people come from expecting from the genre or the medium. Well, would you guess that anime is a little weird sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't know what you would consider me. I can be. I don't. It's almost like I don't. I don't speak anime, but I understand right. it. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I've dipped my toe in a little bit more than. The average. Than the average person, yeah, but I'm yeah. definitely, I look on from afar. Yeah. So I like some of the more tame stuff. You had some some hot takes around Piccolo and some, some yeah. wild comparisons. <laughs> you threw it out a couple yeah, times. That's true, I did. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to anime, you know, if I'm going to get into the really niche stuff or like the crazy stuff that yeah. people are like, you got to see this, it's crazy, or yeah, yeah. going on really crazy theming, mm-hmm. it needs to be very niche and something that I'm into specific. Right. Yeah. You know, you can really, you can eat a lot of it. You can, sure. you can handle a lot of anime. It's, up, it's mm-hmm. just up your alley. This is kind of cool, and I like this. I hope people don't shy away from it too much because 
if you ever wanted to be interested into it, see some style. Yeah. See a director who's who's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the top probably three or four guys in the past thirty years. Yep. Of anime films, this is this is a good place to start. Absolutely, you know these are oftentimes romantic dramas uh, with just very light, sprinkled fantastical elements. Uh, I mean, I really call this overly pretty anime aimed for a family demographic. Also, uh, a point brought up in some of the discussion uh, in my own life around um, you know covering uh, Shinkai's work this week is that none of it's connected to any shows. There's no homework you need to do. These are all standalone feature films, which again uh, adds to that gatewayness yeah, to it. Definitely. Uh, so, so much like a Studio Ghibli might be, I thought. It was important to cover someone so prolific in the industry, uh, good to cover for a gateway drug anime without it being too weird, and overall, I mean, these are all family films at heart, too, so as far as this, yeah. this is a, an acceptable demographic for, you know, really any of our listeners at home. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, just my first question here, because we're starting with this 2007 film, mm-hmm. he, did he have a first one? Was it the, the place promised in our early days? Yes, he has, uh, He's and he's worked on projects, yes. at, uh, uh, pretty much any anime director is going to come up making their bones in Dude, working yeah. on other projects. Other projects you know, and shorts. Yeah. But this was his project, correct? Uh, I believe so. Directed, yes. produced, and written. Why is this one off the list? Um, I don't know. There's there's also another one that I cut as far as uh, in the progression of his works, okay. uh, Garden of Words. Uh, just something that, um, I don't know, I was trying to get a, a sampling uh, okay. of his styles. Uh, really, he every three years he releases one of these big releases. Uh, we see that starting with five centimeters per second uh, in 2007. Though. Okay. Well, let's jump right into it like you said it's 2007 this is five centimeters per second it's only an hour and three minutes definitely our shortest one that yeah. he covers mm-hmm. um original title um oh we, are we gonna get one for bio, all of these we'll see we'll see if oh, i can handle yes. it biosuku five centimeters no i'm sorry wait a second wait a second <laughs> my screen was shaking from this floppy table that we're on okay a biosuku five Centimetoro. Centimetoro. Which kind of makes sense. Five centimeters right, per yeah, second. Sounds it's it's not, nothing too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so like I said, it, it's only an hour and three minutes. Let's yep. get into it a little bit and how'd you like it? Yeah, uh, uh, pretty much all of these I've seen. The only one that I haven't seen is uh, our second one that we'll cover in just a second. Five centimeters uh, is coming off of a, a trend in the late 2000s of... Very mushy, very romantic anime, and uh, I, like I said, all these are romances, but uh, this one in particular uh, is trying to maybe capture some of the trends at the time. Uh, it's a coming-of-age love story separated into chapters of two teens' lives, uh, Takaki and uh, Akiri. Uh, and in just over, a little over an hour, we watch three periods of their lives pass by for our chapters, and seeing how they grow apart from a romance from when they were young. It's very much kind of like different stages and the struggles of uh, a romance from a distance, you know, hmm. long, long distance relationship, basically. And we're just taking large jumps in their lives. Exactly. Okay. And seeing how maybe that strains them a little bit, uh, the longing they have. And yeah, I mean, it's it's straightforward romance, basically. Okay. So this is an important early work for Makoto Shinkai. Uh, and honestly, a perfect example of his trademarks uh, starting right away as a filmmaker. There are so many gorgeous still shots that hang on the mundane of life, but have a calm beauty to them. Uh, I mean, if there is one thing you can say about Shinkai's work is that it is drop-dead gorgeous. Every single one of these films. Mm. Um, he just has an eye for... Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just, it just it looks amazing. There is a wonderful pseudo-lens flare to lights that you can see all over these movies. It's special here because no studio was incorporating these film-like qualities, these mock film qualities into anime at the time. Even coming out in 2007, the anime drips in gorgeous scenery and the look of everything can match the quality of Shinkai's work today even. Uh, and that's where I was kind of, even for my own curiosity, yeah. testing like, hey, how does the old stuff line up for his you know huge budgets that he has now and the huge team he coordinates I, I actually wanted to bring that up in the beginning. It's going to be fun through these five films that you're going to take us on and just kind of let us know like what are his through lines yeah. You know, what makes him, what's in his DNA sure. of the films, kind Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And is he going for a hyper realistic style in visuals, or he's still very 
clearly cartoon and everything like that. He's just prettying them up. I think, no, I think it is trying to go for a lot of realism. Okay. And you see this in his settings. It's always going to be real, you know, present day Japan. Okay. Like I will say many times, I think that is a secret ingredient to why these films are so big because it captures much more of probably a general audience overseas in the West, yeah, uh, there is an appreciation in a family demographic that uh, you know anyone can really get behind these movies because they are weird and and they go after a realism in their imagery. So you know, you put this next to Juggernauts like Your Name, and you will see an identical visual style, only changed by production budget. Also, jump forward to the 2010s, and many studios start experimenting with styles like this, styles like simulating a real camera or having these mm. lens flares pop up being used by prestige anime studios both in you know for feature films you know many many anime series that come about but Shinkai was there and is still a trendsetter wow this okay way. cool so 2007 it's only an hour and long hour long could this have been replaced in the watch list sure this is the first movie that I got exposed to his work and it was amazing to see how much it really does resemble the same qualities he has to today and that make him so successful yeah very cool so I think where this film maybe feels a bit amateur is in writing however there is a heavy heavy narration that plays over scenes uh, and it's a, it's a bit annoying. It's it genuinely it genuinely sounds like children writing pen pals uh, pen pal letters back to each other. Oh, okay, uh, sure. Maybe some slight credit for realism, but also pretty annoying because the <laughs> the pen the pen pal letters aren't great. You know? Okay, it's very I, moody at times. I'm it's surprised like, at that. I mean, his background comes from writing, yeah, and in animation too. But he's written a, a lot, yep, and yep. continues to write. It'll be fun to see if he improves on that or that, does, that it's not a problem anymore in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. A big reason why I want to cover these films. So, you know, it, it just feels very melodramatic in a way that anime can only be, especially from mm, 2007. Yeah. It's kind of a, a youthful love that feels innocent, but it's very simple. And it's just not a lot of depth here just yet. He progresses into that depth, especially, you know, watching these films almost not trying to see it as an anime fan and just looking at it like a normal movie amongst every other movie. Yeah, yeah. And I see his writing progress, but um, our main character, Takaki, uh, is, is just extremely moody. Uh, and like I said, in, in a way that only anime characters can be moody, uh, he says this line about rockets reaching into the darkness. And I was like, come on. <laughs> come on. Like, it's, it's too much. I, I think it's important uh, as an observation, though, uh, because we see his strengths sway when he's covering a boy-dominant story versus a girl-dominant story. You know, there, there's almost a flip-flop that happens. And with the with all of these being romances in some way, it was interesting to see how each film balanced this. But uh, this one is an easy one to start with, though. Honestly, it, it surprisingly holds up well. I would say give it a watch if you want a quick way to see his visual style, but maybe hold off for his later work if you want to see something more better for his writing and a little less uh, stereotypical when it comes to anime characters. We're going to go ahead and give five centimeters per second a 68. Okay, 68, pretty good score. Yeah. And that's a great point to say, too. To say It is an hour. It's an hour and three minutes. So if right. you just want to kind of give it a taste, see what the yeah. deal is. Yeah, that's really good. See why they're, I described this as, you know, drop-dead gorgeous. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's on display and, with all of these. And flat out, like like we said, he's out of the five films we're covering, he has three films top best grossing in Japan of all time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like he's a big deal if he's you want to kind of. juggernaut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Vin. And he is all over these films. Like his... It, he's not just writing and doing a little bit of animation. I mean, he's everywhere when it comes yep. to cinematography and storyboard. And oh, sure. This, yeah. that, and some casting and everything like that. He's mm -hmm. so involved. That's it's, great. It's pretty cool. Um, and he sticks with it. And we're now in 2011. Uh, this next one is Children Who Chase Lost Voices. Original title. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oshi Oyu Kodomo. Wow. Oh, my Thank God. You. I'm in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good, though. I practiced before he came over. Yeah. <laughs> He's just, just in the mirror. How bad the first one went. <laughs> in tears running down. Like, I don't know how I can say this. Once again, we're kind of in. Uh, well, you said in the beginning, these mm -hmm. are all kind of bit of relationship, romance slash yeah. 
other things going on. They are always, the core backbone is a love story, is a romance. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get into it. Definitely feature length now. It's an hour and 56 minutes. Yep. yep. So getting some more recognition and more money in the budget as well. Yep. yep. Uh, How did this one play out? Yeah, uh, I would say this one was included just because it's probably the most fantasy that we get. For folks at home that maybe know some some of this anime space, I was going to... This was on the chopping block between 2013's Garden of Words for the slot. I just feel like that movie was is just very slow. Uh, it's also a little weird in its romance. So kind of conflicting with my whole idea of like gateway drug yeah. anime. Tasteful. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so I went with this instead. And I felt it was good to cover because it has these more fantasy elements than most of Shinkai's movies. And that's something that we'll see come about uh, come around uh, for the new release, Suzume. I will say, however, uh, this was the only film I hadn't seen before. And by the end, those fantasy elements is what I kind of took issue with. So maybe, <laughs> you know, I, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> In this story, we follow a very independent little girl named Asuna as she stumbles in a journey to the magical realm of Agartha. The land is filled with mystical creatures and magic, which has an implied promise of making wishes come true. Anything from a grasp for power, a desire to find out what's going on with this mythical land, or even like reviving a loved one. Where wishes come true, <laughs> you know, it's real, real uh, sunshine and daisies. Uh, she embarks on an adventure after stumbling into a mysterious love interest from this land uh, and travels deeper into Agartha's, Agartha dragged along uh, by the desires of others. I would say there are some nice themes of struggling with death and more of kind of a Buddhist sensibility to the story's outlook on life. I found it very interesting where the film had depth. Unfortunately, none of that film, none of that depth came from our main character. Our main character really feels like fished along for the entire thing. Hmm. You okay. Know? There's almost no reason by the third act for her to be participating in anything, no less, you know, where this story goes. That motivation for Asuna as our main character is really just impossibly weak. There is such weak motivation for her to dive deeper and deeper into increasingly dangerous lands. Uh, it really took me out of it. And this is where I was saying, I mean, I, I'm, I was happy to watch these because I, I, I kind of was excited to watch these without a lens of anime and judge them as a story and judge them. Yeah, I like that a lot. You know, for characters and motive, you know what I mean? So I, I thought that was important and, and not something that I feel like I've been able to do just because anime is so out there. You know, we've covered like the Dragon Ball movie and it's just like, all right. Well. It's almost like well, <laughs> Dragon Ball is pretty Americanized too. Sure, sure. But with, with anime and a lot of the stuff that you covered or that's on the site and coming mm-hmm. on the site, there's a lot in that back list kind of that we're trying to get on the site and everything. Oh, for sure. It's almost a different type of rating. Because they're just different movies, it's a different thing. Right. You know, it's a whole different genre where you almost want to put on a different kind of judging hat. You know, a a different kind of... Consideration for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at least my goal this week was to not put on a different hat. Because they are just... No, for sure. They're they're straightforward stories. Yeah, and I very much like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think you could say the same thing for some Studio Ghibli as well. Yeah, and not only that, they're so well known now too. Uh, right there, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like uh, if there's anything that shows in Suzume being just as successful as the last two he's done, I mean, he's yeah. he's up there with the greats yeah. now uh, by by money alone. You know, <laughs> you can't argue with it. So, the magical creature design honestly looks great. Uh, it is a very out there mythical beast, but not again intimidating. They're they're you know it's just the right amount of uh, kind of wonder to them. Uh, there is a kind of a godlike aspect to these creature, and it really makes them feel unique. And again, ties into these themes of struggling with death and some more. I mean, may, maybe out there. Buddhist type of type of theming, uh, and I say out there for for you know obviously the, the majority of our of our listening off the audience, but this is an earlier work, so maybe that was playing more towards strictly you know a Japanese audience. A lot of detail goes into explaining the world and life cycles, and that's really where I enjoyed the film the most. The fantasy, unfortunately, does not translate to stakes very well, uh, and it feels. Is very disconnected from our main characters. Like I said, aspects like creatures and magic just kind of exist in the world without being blended into why our character cares. A perfect example is when Asuna comes across these fantasy creatures, she just acts like normal. There's no 
explanation, but there's also no wonderment in the character mm. <laughs> either. And I feel like, wow. Makes it a little bit boring almost. Yeah. Like if the characters don't care, how can you care? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I would absolutely call this a little boring. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so... You know, I may. This is the only one that I haven't seen uh, before. It was probably a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in ways, I would say it almost feels like a '90s family film uh, in that way that things are thrown out there. It's just kind of accepted right away, and you're just along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. But it, it feels disconnected. Disconnected was my main note uh, that I kept on returning to with this one. I can see how this is trying to copy a Studio Ghibli style. Honestly, I think it falls short. Much like 1997's Princess Mononoke, our characters are exposed to a world much larger than themselves. There's a lot of mythology in the world just to be dumped out, and at times this fantasy feels less adventurous and more about just like lore dumping. Sometimes that relates to cool, you know, semi-religious themes a little bit mm-hmm. um, about death and life. Other times it's just like, oh boy, you can tell, uh, you can tell a Japanese guy wrote this because it's like it's way too detail focused. It's it's like we don't need that, you know. Yeah, and maybe he's putting too much time into trying to build the world up, make it look cool, yeah, and then the characters get forgotten a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Did the did the length hurt it at all? Mm, yeah, I, I mean, certainly added to uh, the the watching the clock type of boring. Yeah. Okay. Of it, so sure. And I want to use this opportunity to highlight, a, a, I would say, a semi-valid criticism of Shinkai's work that he could be seen as chasing Ghibli in style, in trend, big emotion in characters, overly pretty animation, uh, you know, globby tears when they cry. You know, these are all things that he chases as trends. But this is probably the best example of when that's at its worst uh, and purely kind of a copycat. So okay, because I mean, because even like you said, how he can be—he's a, a trendsetter as well. Mm-hmm. The way he likes the cinematography, the like he looks more flashy, a little bit maybe more saturation, more color, more oh, realism. Sure. sure. Do, how do you feel about that? You know, do you feel like we're getting almost copycat vibes? Not not just speaking on this film, sure, but in general as a director. I be- think maybe there's an understanding he knows what a big anime feature film needs, and unf- not unfortunately, but the the template, the footprint that he fills right. is Studio Ghibli and, and Miyazaki. Now the uh, thing with Studio Ghibli, okay, so is it just the fact of they were first? Uh, sure. Yeah, I think that's that's very valid. You know, big um, story, big characters, emotions, yep. and then type of type of animation style. Mm-hmm. That's kind of maybe that's just how that is yeah. now. I think there's a there's a perfect reason that Disney, uh, John Lasseter, uh, they partner with Studio Ghibli in you know the day early days of licensing to this West because they were a Disney like company. They weren't attaching these these movies as mm-hmm. family as fun as they are to anime series. You didn't have to do any homework leading up they were just dynamite ips on their own yeah independent yeah Yeah. independent stories and i feel like in that way not in a bad way at all but makoto is is putting out these you know these dynamite ips on his own he's writing it all it's his babies it it gets confusing with me definitely when when it comes to japanese anime and kind of series that continue so you'll have major motion picture releases yeah but they're can they're tied to a character that also has three other things kind yeah. of yeah you know and and it's just it, it can be a lot to try to get into yeah absolutely which makes a single films good and it's also good that it just so happens that they're very good as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i feel yeah yeah <laughs> and that's why we would cover something like a like the dragon ball movie when we did last year because those sometimes are the biggest releases to compete with these you know unique yes. ips and dragon ball i mean it, it was the west is very friendly towards yeah, dragon ball exactly uh, overall, not a bad film. A very, very pretty visually, uh, but weaker in writing and weaker in the follow through of the concept. My main takeaway is that I'm happy to see Shinkai's style shake these comparisons uh, as we move through future works, with him being a dominant voice in other films to get compared to him instead. Uh, I think this is just kind of a weird transitional work. Not exactly bad, but uh, nothing that I'm really shouting about. We're going to go ahead and give The Children Who Chase Lost Voices a 52. Mm, okay, 52. Yeah. 
Yeah, just very much, I mean, I hate to say it, but blah territory. It is blah territory. Yeah. Yeah, I would say even as wild as the thing gets, if it, if the, the wild visuals aren't hitting and feeling impactful for characters, I, I judge it just the same way that bad CGI was implemented with an actor mm. that doesn't know what the hell they're looking at. Right, you right. Know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah so, definitely. Yeah. Okay, all right. So we're going to jump ahead. Well, first of all, okay, so the number one, Oh, yeah, this, yeah. in Japan, by the way, Demon Slayer the movie, M- Mugen uh, Train, yeah, or so, Mugen Train. Yeah, an all right movie. I'm not a huge fan of Demon Slayer, but that's a big series right now. It's by far the best-selling Japanese yeah, film of yeah. all time. Very visually pretty as well. Uh, we, that was actually around when the, the podcast was around. It's 2020, yeah. so a little bit. It was a year before Kind of we really yeah, kind of yeah. kicked things off. Yeah. Again, though, like, okay, Demon Slayer the movie, Mugen Train. That just tells me... <laughs> I'm doing homework. I've got to yeah, do homework. Yeah, yeah. I can't Demon just step Slayer's into a, this. A big, big anime. See, it, that's yeah. it's for me confusing. I, just I want to hop in a movie, get in that one, like that one IP, like you said, that yep. one singular story, then get out. Yep. And that's what's nice about uh, Makoto. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So we're gonna jump on, and this is the fifth best film of all time in Japan. Wow! Only fifth. Yeah, I a, mean this one. I, I just feel like uh, the the legacy or the legend of your name is uh, is is really up there. But, well, uh, we'll we'll go through them real quick. So we sure. have Demon Slayer number one, number two. We have Spirited Away, okay. which also makes sense. Then okay. we then we have us coming in there with Titanic, Fro- <laughs> <laughs> in Japan. You mean. in Japan, Frozen. No but, way. Uh, Frozen on number four. Wow. Um, but then we have our next film here. Came out in 2016. This is called Your Name, mm-hmm. and uh, this skyrocketed. Now this director oh, yeah. and Makoto Shinkai, he won a lot of awards, a lot of recognition for this one. Yep. It's when he's a very very serious player. A lot of articles on him around this time, mm-hmm. and also him saying, "Okay, is this the next guy? Is he creating the next Studio Ghibli kind of yep. work and everything like that?" Yep. So again, it's your name in 2016. How do we like it, Vin? This is going to be a case where maybe I have to kind of temper expectations because there is just such almost rabid love for this film online. Right. Okay. The film is uh, it has almost infinite amounts of hype around it as one of the biggest anime feature films. Films released period internationally this has picked up over 17 award wins uh, and like you said Tom skyrocketed in popularity really three times over we have the Japanese audience release then there was kind of a, a surge for critics reviewing it and then finally when Western audiences got a hold of this then so is it because it took off in Japan that that's when critics almost reevaluated it yeah and, and because Makoto was a was a good player at the time he wasn't this this legend just yet so right, there yeah. was almost a I don't know what when this was released it felt like there was stages that it kind of hit new ignition to becoming, you know, a bigger and bigger deal. And reading up on it, it definitely seemed like it, sh- it shot through the culture in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Like, even outside the movie a yeah. little bit. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now, like most of these films, I've seen this before. Believe me, I don't want to kill the hype, but this has a, a very simple teen plot romance that is... Honestly, a bit underwhelming for some watchers, myself included. Um, and I've, I've talked to other people that have seen this film, and it kind of boils down to a simple plot structure, but it's a solid recommendation because Shinkai's animation has reached an entirely new benchmark. I mean, this thing is, again, drop-dead gorgeous. Just beautiful, huh? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, eye candy beyond eye candy. So, uh, and again, more hyper-realism? Is this like jumping from PS2 to PS3? <laughs> You know what I mean? Possible. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, what stage or console, but but yeah, no, there is. Uh, you can tell that his style, the DNA is there. Yeah, you can tell he's got money behind this. And he's now. and he's not trying to almost make a cartoon. Yeah, he wants to use cartoon and making it seem right, making a, it a, look really a good. A Tokyo story, a Japan story. Okay. You know, there's a there's a captured realism that yes, it's an anime, but. I don't know. He, you can see it in the shots. He focuses on a boiling pot of soup, mm-hmm. uh, or the the pastels of a coastal Japanese town. This is not like mechs fighting giant robots <laughs> fight, or, or you know demons. You know, I, there, there's there's the anime ness is is toned down, but in that he still achieves you know a great work of mm-hmm. anime. Your Name is a teen romance with, um, basically the setup is Freaky Friday to the setup. Not to overly reduce it, but that's that's really what it is. Romance Freaky Friday that a, a boy is swapping bodies with a girl and vice versa. It's got an interesting spin being an anime romance, and that swap there is with a city boy named Taki and a country girl named uh, Mitsuha. 
This body swap is caused by a comet flying over, uh, bringing a literal meaning to star-crossed lovers. <laughs> and uh, it's a great example, a great example of this kind of gateway drug uh, aspect because there is. I don't know this this freaky Friday Friday plot uh, of them you know switching consciousness in their body. Yeah, am, am I not about it? Yeah, do I see it as kind of generic and played out? Sure, Real simple. Yeah, but maybe that is what you need as a new viewer of anime, and I think in the numbers it shows that that this was able to capture a much wider demographic because of these reasons. It's a great point. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, it and was if training it looks, wheels on right, it. and if you're going through animation, and if you're going through this different type of style, yeah, you know, shown through this Tokyo story rather than. A freaky Friday. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. definitely, you know, it helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great as well pacing-wise because we're introduced to this right away. Uh, the characters realize this right away. It's great because we have a good momentum to the story. Uh, they're swapping bodies daily. Uh, this results in a very cute system of them leaving notes for each other on how they're running and improving each other's lives. And uh, I would say it's just, it makes for a very successful meet-cute and instantly lovable characters. There's a, there's a fun playfulness hmm. to it. Uh, and again, these are all family, teen safe. So uh, again, I think that's that's an important element. Yes, yeah, as, as far as the states go, they rated them um, as TV PG. A lot of these. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, they didn't really get that classic movie MPAA. Yep. Um, except <clears throat> for our next two. Okay. But safe. Yeah. Very absolutely. safe. Absolutely. So uh, this movie really pushes Shinkai's budget and animation quality to the stratosphere. To call this movie beautiful would be honestly an understatement. There mm. are near countless drop-dead gorgeous shots that capture just a surprisingly real-life look to Japanese life. Uh, Shinkai's style is more gorgeous than ever, but the new secret ingredient uh, is introduced uh, for the success of these films, and I think it's a love of both realistic city and rural Japanese locations. I think this aesthetic is showing everyday life, and it's in his DNA of Shinkai style. Uh, I think it just hits a critical point here for his audience. Japanese audiences loving the authenticity, and Western anime fans being whisked away in an almost vacation-like enjoyment. There's a, a justice that he does to the Japanese locales that I think, uh, again, uh, it's a secret ingredient that's added to his already funny. style. That you know, If there's a reason why did this one go critical mass, yeah. uh, that, that, that's, that's <clears throat> it right there. I think that makes sense, and kind of how I made that comment, how it kind of swept through culture a little bit yeah reading a few things but one of them was like tours were set up then oh. uh, parts of countryside and parts of city basically yep. because this is kind of splitting that interesting and going back and forth yeah I, I mean to the point that i think that is a serious undertone of why susan may was made uh, it feels like there's there's almost like a tourist plug okay. to it so <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of traditionalism and culture that is paired naturally with these real settings and i think it's what pushed family audiences as well to watch this film i feel like there's a you know i i don't have a respect for the you know what what they're going through as far as their their local you know their local customs but uh, i feel like it captures uh, a moment for you know that demographic we see this factor clocked up again and again in his following two films and i feel this realism is why the works and his later films skyrocketed even further in popularity mm. it's all right here this is where the template now is set for, okay. for shinkai a little bit more about the structure of the film the big trend at the time was putting a anime intro with music in front of any every anime feature uh, this was a, a heavy use of music sequences all over this. Um, there's there's probably like three really major music sequences in this. And I bring it up here because sometimes the film does feel more like a music video than a movie. And folks, if you know me, Tom, you know me. That, that's a, that's a <laughs> yes, pet peeve with a, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a recipe for not success. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's no good. Even And again, like I always say, it's not about the music itself. It's about implementation of it. So... These scenes have such a drastic switch in pacing and editing that it's almost a bit distracting for the film. Uh, now, I normally don't care if someone watches anime in Japanese or English, uh, even though a classic debate in anime is subs versus dubs. Sure, I mean, absolutely. I, I, I could give two dams. If you're enjoying, if you get to experience it, uh, it's fine, whatever okay. you watch it. I would say this is the only one this week, though, that I would probably recommend a Japanese 
because the lyrics, when they're translated, because of how heavy the music is. Oh, okay. And then how, you know, Japanese lyrics work being kind of nonsense a lot of the times <laughs> when you translate them. There's just something that just doesn't work for this English dub. Okay. Uh, and I think it's connected to that. All right. So maybe go ahead and read the subtitles on this one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And But I, I can't stress, I normally don't care about that stuff. We always uh, usually, well, I, don't, I won't speak for you, but mm. how, I am usually in the boat of enjoying real language mm. and, and looking at subtitles. Sure, sure. When you do, I mean, sometimes you have to be in a mood to yeah. just do a subtitle film. You mm. definitely have to be in a mood sometimes. Yeah. However, eventually they just kind of melt off the screen and you get yeah, used to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I'm a strong believer of that when it comes to watching anything internationally, whether it's, you know, dubbed or, or, or subtitled, well, right. uh, it's what you experience first. That's what's going to sound natural to you. That's what you connect ah, with. Well, that's true too. I mean, I'm just thinking back to All Quiet because we yeah. both watched it and yeah. kind of watched it for that review. Mm-hmm. And you had watched, I believe, the the English dubbed. Yep. An actual English, like British dub, and then was. kind of circled back, for, right? And then I just went straight uh, for the uh, for the German, yeah, for the German subtitles right away. Yeah, uh, so it's it, I don't know. I, I think a lot of that those arguments just boil down to what you different what you, strokes are different. Folks. Exactly yep. what what you came across at first, because the the alternate is always going to sound awkward or weird. So yeah, but when it, when I boil it down here, there's such a there's such an emphasis on this music in how the film moves, how the film conjures emotion that. Uh, if you watch it in English, you're just, I don't know, you're just going to be focused on the weird translation of the songs that not, they, they sound fine, but those, those lyrics, there's, there's a... It's a Japanese film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not in Japan. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> folks, this is a very, very emotional movie, though. Uh, if you are looking for those globby anime tears getting choked up, this is the one for you. Uh, in addition to this being a perfect perfect gateway anime, uh, I think it counts double for any female audiences. I feel like this one has so much more of a of emotional turn uh, as the drama to the romance specifically that I feel like chick flicky. Yeah, definitely chick flicky. Yeah, uh, and obviously all of these kind of fall into that it's amazing how often anime does yeah yeah it's the one thing about anime that really makes me laugh sometimes <laughs> it's just like wow a lot of this is very girly yeah yeah <laughs> uh and this is uh this is i would say the peak of that for him yes yes okay for him but also i mean you know yes. it's, it's a big ass movie yeah. so. <laughs> uh and it's not that i had a problem with the emotion of the film I would say, again, it just boils down to the the setup for everything feels just so played out. Not that I'm even a fan of what, what Freaky Friday in the 70s, the, right. the Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Lindsay the, Lohan. The, the, yeah, the remake. It just, it just feels like a story template uh, that's just been played out by now. And that, that's where I kind of come, you know, uh, not lukewarm, but not certainly the heights of perfect scores that yeah. people give this movie. So, yeah, big time. Um, the romance here starts to feel familiar, becomes very fun, and then we'll choke you up right alongside with the characters on the screen. We're going to go ahead and give the legendary Your Name a 74. Okay, 74 for Kimi Nonowa. Um, Ooh, he threw <laughs> 74 is pretty good. I, sounded, <laughs> you you might be showing up in the next film. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a more tame score than what you would read online. Uh, the yes. moment you look up this film, Absolutely. you're going to be looking at high 90s. Yeah. I mean, even like you th- even things that are a little bit more harsher, more critical. Sure. Still, they're shooting this up pretty high. Exactly. So 74, I think that's very healthy. I think that's a great... You laid it out very well where we know what we're walking into now good, with this good. one. I'm glad. Because that's the one that's really going to punch. When you look up this guy, that movie's going to be hitting you the mm-hmm. most. Yep. Um, that and also our next one. This is three years later. This is 2019's Weathering With You. Now, this is PG-13. It's an hour and 52 minutes. Let's kind of get into it right away. How is he coming off of that huge title? Yeah. You how, know? Do you, how do you follow up? One of Japan's most successful films. You kind of just do the same thing. <laughs> the posters look really similar yeah, too. Oh, like almost identical. Yeah, you know? definitely. So um, the the arcing lens flare, the blues, <laughs> yeah, the white yeah. text. It's it's. It looks like identical. he does skies beautifully. I oh have to yeah, say. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, if there's actually that's a great observation. If there's I'm one seeing a lot thing, of skies. Yeah, his skies are are stunning. Yeah, you know? and and that again is where like he takes these otherwise filler shots and makes them something so 
you know, uh, breathtaking. Yeah, you know? very cool. Yeah. Okay, weathering with you, Tenki Noko. Oh, that's what, it. What oh, got? He's got it. Uh, I feel this film, you know, when this came out, that Shinkai style and trends became a bit stale for me personally. I did watch these films on release. Though the story-wise, you know, nearly everything is different. Uh, it's the feel, the emotion, and the movement of the story that becomes a template at this point. Um, as my close friend and anime aficionado Dave always says, these movies are all about building up to that one point where the music swells and characters burst into tears. And you can almost like line up the timeline of both of these movies, and they're exactly is at that the right? same points. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So... Uh, again, not bad, but this film gets a lot of critical praise. I, th- I just kind of want to... That, that's where I'm coming from. That It's piggybacking. Yeah, It yeah. is piggybacking off a massive success. Absolutely. As you would expect, kind yeah. of. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, yeah. you want something different. You want him to just right. make the most unique, different yeah. things he, every time. He walks in the boardroom of, uh, of the Japanese producers, probably very stern Japanese man. Right. And he's not going to say, I want to do something exciting here. You know? Right. You can't make it your name, too. So yeah. just what can you give us? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, in Weathering with You, our main character is Hadoka, uh, a 16 year old runaway boy um, who struggles to kind of make it in Tokyo as, as a homeless kid. Uh, it's a little intense in parts and definitely justifies a little bit more of that PG 13 rating. Mm, okay. Not, but again, light. If anything, I, I, I appreciated that it was a little bit more dramatic in parts. Tokyo has been experiencing a endless rainfall, and the rumors of a mystical power to control the rain start circling the city. They are called Sunshine Girls, and we run across Mina, a fellow teen girl who is able to make the rain go away magically. Together, they make a cute little side business, cleaning up the rain for people around the city, and kind of find a new meaning to life with each other. Uh, and I mean, it's it's honestly the the charm of this one kind of got me. There was just such a fun <laughs> playfulness to them making this like lemonade stand style business, uh, but actually like solving a lot of people's problems okay. <laughs> with this rain. So I don't know. I I, I feel like. Um, this had a, a playful structure to it uh, that I felt was okay. a lot more unique. This may not have as good as a romance that we saw in Your Name, but the supporting characters and the plot has a lot more depth to it that I would say takes it beyond just a teen romance, uh, which, again, I actually really didn't even say that with Your Name, but it is that, that's kind of my takeaway. It's really good, but it's also just a teen romance. Yeah, sure. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the maturity of side characters getting some storylines of their own, and it helped break up some of that straightforward romance. It's, uh, it varies a little bit. For instance, Hodoka is taken in by a bachelor that turns out is just struggling for custody of his daughter. And it's the little things like that that show development and progression in Shinkai's screenplays themselves. He's creating more dramatic little sprinkles in there, but able to weave them together. I feel like Weathering With You where it may be weaker in areas than your name, it may be copycat to your name, I feel like it's really stronger in character work. You could just see that he's getting better at writing. Mm, okay. Uh, you, you, it was really good to watch these almost back-to-back because you see the progression in that writing then. Yeah, and I like how you watched them too. The order that you watched them oh, yeah. is also, I think, the way to go. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you are going to kind of deep dive mm-hmm. for the for the director. Flat out, some of the most gorgeous rain you will ever see animated. Uh, I feel like uh, you hear about stories in like Pixar and Disney, how like they really bend over backwards to create realism to like things that shouldn't matter. Like Frozen, they brought in like real snow into the studio right, to, to right. figure out how to animate it. I feel like the, a similar thing. They were just watching rain, or they had like a rainy summer, and they're like, you know what? I can draw this pretty well. It, it takes place in Tokyo, and uh, I mean the, the pun intended. The whole city is based in this rainy atmosphere it captures kind of a an urban hustle uh, a head downness to the city it's very realistic in its depiction of tokyo but uh that comes with some odd parts to this film on a positive this captures some of that modern aspect to japanese culture uh, intimidating corporate interviews city life sure crowded subways 
Uh, there's, you know, it kind of really doesn't really hold a punch. Not that it's trying to say something about it, but city life is kind of shitty right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> in this. On, on a bad side, this realism of Tokyo, it, you could really feel the scale and the expectation for a bigger and badder movie uh, for Shinkai. We get a very iffy McDonald's advertisement in here. Uh, <laughs> very sensitive to these yeah, things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> An abundance of advertising on buildings. And I, I'm honestly... Just speaking openly about it, I'm, I'm just a little split on it being part of or passable because of that realism of the city. It's very Tokyo. Right. But it's also a little product place. I mean, there there is a sausage McMuffin advert in the background. And it's just like, I, that's a little too much. Like, give me McDonald's. Sure. But I don't need to know the product lineup. I need to see know. this now. I need, yeah. to be, I need to come with, this, with another opinion. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. So hmm. I, I'm bringing it up definitely a little torn on it. Right. Because Tokyo could be so like Times square basically. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, you see the, the, the Sony signs and then, you know, all the all the different companies having the branding on their building. Right. Exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah. So I, I, I'll say I'm split. Yeah, I, I think another key factor here uh, of these later movies, they're so successful in the West and in Japan, is the balance of mystical elements. And anime can be pretty weird sometimes. Uh, and the fantasy here is only lightly sprinkled in the story. Uh, take this film's premise of a magical power to control the rain. The citizens of Tokyo take it as some lucky coincidence even when they're doing this like lemonade stand idea they're just like oh i guess it cleared up hey here kids you i guess i'll pay you you know <laughs> get out of my hair type of thing <laughs> when it ties into more of a you know a magical element i think it's it hits on a realism of kind of a japanese shinto mysticism that feels just as appropriate as a disney character making a wish on a star hmm. uh there is it's an acceptableness to right. it. Uh, it never are are you getting kind of gut checked with like, wow, this is something really out there. So, like I mentioned in the beginning, this makes a great gateway anime for younger audiences and Western audiences that might be turned off by some of the out there stylings to it. So, full credit to to your name and weathering with you. Originally, when I saw this back in 2019, uh, I was a lot more critical on it because I felt it was derivative of the director's own work. Um, and again, something about the buildup of scenes feels like it is on rails towards that big emotional release. But watching this again, it has such quality to the production and just enough of a different story. Uh, perhaps a bit weaker in romance, but the stronger characters in writing... It is paired with just the same degree of breathtaking visuals to back it all up. Uh, I really think this is a case where I want to score identically because what, while it feels like a template for Shinkai, I can't in good faith call it lesser either. We're going to go ahead and give Weathering With You a 74. Wow. That's, I think, might be a first for the podcast. Uh, back, back to back. 74. Certainly. That's mm, very interesting just because... It's the same movie, but it's not. It's piggybacking, but it's not. It's not your name number two. It is a different film. <laughs> right, right. But that's fascinating where he really just struck gold and he kept with it. Yeah. And he didn't make it worse. I did, yeah. But it wasn't better. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I think, uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, even if, even with me saying that, like, yeah, it's just kind of done again. Right. Uh, there's enough to distinguish it. But I feel like coming out of the film, you feel exactly the same. And that's mm -hmm. where it kind of, and again, this, this, it, almost if you lined it up in a graph, you know, timeline to timeline, you could see the, the plot beats, you know, almost calculated. That's very funny. Same. That's very funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, Ben. All right. So before we move on to our last film here, or the ones in theater now, just don't forget, we are on going off of the value for value model. So are you getting value from the newsletter, the podcast, the website? If you could, you go to the website, you go to the dailyratings.com, you go over to the donations tab, and you, through monetary support, you can kind of send in whatever you want, whatever amount of value you are getting from us. You go ahead and put a number to it you send it our way along with a note that you wrote and we'll read it here on the podcast whether it's questions comments critiques love hate doesn't matter uh did we make you laugh this week did we make you cry or did we uh <laughs> fill you with some information you didn't know you know so uh i remember last week jared had wrote in and said that you know we're streamlining kind of his movie watching and mm, we're kind yeah, of doing yeah. that but you know taking care of that for him, that little bit of homework and he <laughs> he appreciated that he sent us some money in so uh that's kind of what we're doing again it's a value for value model it's the dailyratings.com you go to the donations tab and, uh, and yeah, again, the newsletter's out now. Head to the bottom. Sign up for that. I think this week, by the way, we, we were one of the first people 
to publish a story about the writer's strike. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just because I, I saw that it was maybe coming down the pike, and then I was I was kind of like tossing and turning at the night, and I'm just, I said, I'm just going to do it. So I logged on, <laughs> boom, got it out. We were one of the first in line wow. to, to get that story out. Breaking news. That's great. <laughs> um, again, it's at dailyratings.com. Go ahead and check it out. All right, Vince, so we are on our last film here. We are on Suzume, otherwise known as Suzume no to- Tojimari. Wow. That was so bad. Suzume no Tojimari. (laughs) Okay, so this is our longest one. You are doing a great job with all of these. If I slow down, I'm doing so much. I'm looking at this screen. I'm looking at this. I'm doing (laughs) it. doesn't, you know, falling over my words left and right. My mouth is falling down the stairs during the dungeon segment. So this is our longest one. It's two hours and two minutes. Uh It is now rated PG, so definitely kid family, kid family friendly. Yeah, yep. I'm excited to kind of hear you. How does he tackle this? He's still huge. He's a huge name. I mean, this is 14th best film, right? Still of all time in Japan. (laughs) So the guy is like he's still still making money. He's making cash, striking hot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, How is Suzume? Suzume, I really loved wow uh, okay. i thought it was great uh, to to explain i think um well i i watched this film about two weeks ago because i needed to get it before it went out of uh we had that very new release heavy week yeah i wanted to get it before it got knocked out of the many films in rotation i i watched it and then i was able to watch a little bit of it online again uh, and just just i wanted to get that done as a refresh uh coming into this after watching all the other ones then. i think that's so, a good idea yeah, and I and I just wanted to make it another note. Like I know some of the, it's being critically reviewed and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do do you agree though that it's not? It's kind of under the radar a little bit. Yeah, uh, and I get I, we're I not do. an anime culture too much, yeah. but when anime hits big, usually it is kind of talked about a little bit more over yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, maybe it just boils down. It doesn't have that blue sky, white text uh, okay. poster. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's not Super Mario Brothers. That's right. a problem. <laughs> very true. Very true. There's a different uh, different grasp on the families. So, <laughs> folks, uh, after uh, lackluster anime film releases to cover on the podcast, I really had some high hopes on. This one, uh, I'm a huge advocate for getting people into anime, but that doesn't mean I'm going to hold punches. A perfect example of this was in 2021. Bell from uh, a favorite director of mine, Mamoru Hotsuda, a top tier anime director, and exciting for me to highlight on the podcast, only for it to be generic CGI trash. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I mean, you can go back to that episode. I actually don't know what episode that was. Early. Yeah. It was very early, and you were yeah. you were bummed out by it. Yeah, I really was. Uh, not only coming from Hotsoto, but, uh, you know, finally, you know, something to cover like this, uh, maybe give some recommendations out, and just was not making the cut. Uh, couldn't in good faith call that, you know, even a, even a slightly good film. Uh, <laughs> so I was curious uh, going into this film, and uh, honestly, when I saw it two weeks ago, it was up in the air if we were going to even do this episode at all or not, because if it wasn't worth it, I'm not going to make this, you know, this climb right. yeah. <laughs> and then just be like, ah, and it's bad. <laughs> you know? yeah. Go watch the old ones. <laughs> so I'm happy to say it is worth it. And um, I, I, I'll come right out and say it. And it's definitely my favorite film from Shinkai yet. Um, wow. Both in the appreciation of his growing work, but I think on its own, like it, it just it just knocks it out of the park. Really wow. fun movie. Uh, in Suzume, guess what? We follow a teen girl named Suzume. In a usual setup, she is naturally independent, very curious, and and, and really a bit of a wanderer. Uh, One day, she stumbles upon a ruined building with a mysterious door inviting her, inviting her closer and closer until she falls into a new land. This exposes her to the world of closers, individuals tasked with closing magical gates that pop up around Japan and are caused by kind of a... A growing force that uh, they need to they need to counteract. These gates may like look like average doors, but lead to a magical realm called Ever After, and actually crop up in all sorts of Japanese ruins. Uh, now these ruins aren't just like you know stone ruins or anything like that. One of one of the coolest aspects of the world building here is that these ruins can be anywhere that's abandoned. That once had lively peoples. We have a, a abandoned school. We have an abandoned uh, carnival. Mm. Uh, hmm. There are cool uses of once again Japanese locales. If anything, 
this is what you were saying. This is a bit of a yeah, touristy. Yeah, there's a, there's. I think there is a brilliant business decision behind this one, possibly advertising run-down places in Japan that now will attract tourists. <laughs> you know, I mean, talk about turning water into wine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is this is. I mean, they really did a, a great job. And I think besides that business observation, I, I think it, it's really cool seeing the creative uses of what they consider a ruin. Uh, and there's a lot of enjoyment there. One of the most enjoyable aspects for me, for sure. We find our love interest, Soda, who is a closer, uh, one, of these, one of these agents trying to close the gate, and discover it's key to actually stopping earthquakes in Japan. This is also where... I say this is probably one of the more magical of his films mm -hmm. because it's kind of out there. You're dealing with a different dimension. You're dealing with some more magical elements. I think right in the rating of this being PG, it's still within the wheelhouse of you know being very user you know new. Yeah, user he's been friendly. very yeah he's very consistent with it. Yeah, when it relates to this these gates causing earthquakes, though uh, Makoto Shinkai has been praised in the past for his ability to capture real life Japanese concerns and fears woven into these otherwise you know straightforward romance films. Previously, we have had a dangerous comment. Uh, torrential rainfall, but earthquakes feel like a the best example yet mm. of this implement, uh, you know, of this implementation. And with the structure of the story being more of a fantasy adventure, it gives some great rising tension to keep you interested, especially if the romance isn't doing it for you. And I feel like that's where this finally, like, he's juggling much more than a romance. Mm. We see your name very good. Kind of just straightforward romance, really nothing to vary it. We have more kind of interpersonal dramas in Weathering With You. Here we have all of that, and now a good electric premise that you want to watch. It's a good adventure you want to watch. You want to pay attention to it. So it engages with yeah, you. Yeah, very cool. I like that. And yeah. it also sounds like, like you said, his writing keeps on getting better and better. Yeah. Because when we covered Children Who Lost uh, with Law Forces... <laughs> He's get he's trying to do both. He's trying to have this huge kind of cool mm. story, but yep. at the same time, his dialogue is failing then a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Once again, the film is undeniably gorgeous, especially with a lot more a lot of more fantasy that it gives us for visual eye candy. Uh, I was really nervous uh, coming into this for how CGI was interwoven, but uh, all of it was good and really didn't distract me. There's a weird trend for animes to really dedicate CGI animation to cars for some reason. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like cell shaded it kind of blends, but nothing bad here. And and recently, modern anime, uh, just to explain my nervousness coming into this, uh, modern anime has had a lot of gross CGI thrown into it for production problems, for a streamlined production to help out the team's animation to you right. know, take advantage right. of the workforce that is probably coming up as CGI animators versus pen and paper animators. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, we hate CGI, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have the same problem as us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. While we start in urban Japan, the plot soon puts our characters on the road and experiencing many regions of Japan. There is a fun road trip aspect to this, but almost feels like a travel advertisement at times, uh, both in a good and a bad way. I, I really can't separate myself from the idea that, uh, you know, producers at Toho and Comics Wave were looking at the previous films and encouraging these aspects in Shinkai's production. I think it's good. I think uh, it plays well with the idea. I just have a, there's, there's a hint uh, of something there. There's a smell in the air that's just like, well, yeah, this is helping tourist industry. Let's make a real, like, all across Japan type of story. <laughs> You know, obviously, that's not going to affect people's watching experience so much, but it definitely was an observation for me, especially watching all these films. Hmm, okay. So, on the positive end of that, let me not be all doom and gloom. On the positive end of that, if that's a quality that you appreciate about these films, if that's an enjoyment, guess what? It's been clocking up as we as we see with uh, you know these last three movies. And I'd like that because if it's just kind of hey, we're taking an adventure through Japan a little bit yeah. and really kind of getting to know the country even through an animation lens. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it's part of that. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. 
And, and it, bottom line, as far as visuals go, as far as the story goes, he's doing a great job yeah. with it. Yeah. So even if it, at worst case scenario, you know, the producers are twirling their mustache and <laughs> watching the stocks <laughs> of travel agencies go up, uh, in worst case scenario, it's it's very appropriate for the story and it's very well, you know, it's it's executed upon well. Okay. So, as for the romance, uh, it's surprisingly cute and, and, and charms you in an interesting way. There are two twists that happen, though, that... I really don't want to give away. It was great because it was breaking up the usual boy-girl plot of the romance. Uh, and again, like I said, we, we kind of juggle who is the primary character or main character, whether it is a boy or a girl. Uh, I feel like there's a little bit of a switch up here that goes a long way. And again, that's why I think like he's, he's breaking away and he's showing progression uh, in these type of films. Coming off the last film in particular, there's also a, a increased depth in supporting characters. Susan May has complex relationships with her parental guardian that's explored. There's also some very positive themes around friendship with other girls. Uh, I might not be the target demographic for this, but <laughs> I can recognize a new and fresh tone when it comes to that. You know, I mean, as far right, as right. a family film, it was it was positive in a new way. It certainly wasn't positive as well in like a down your throat kind of, you know, pushing out an agenda type of way either. So uh, it, it was refreshing in a lot of ways there. The heightened fantasy elements helped the romance a lot too. I was getting vibes uh, from it being a bit like 2004's Howl's Moving Castle, an all-time favorite of mine, on the must-watch on the site. Yep. This seriously is where the film having more Ghibli-like elements was a good thing because I felt it was only slightly resembling in the story. And the primary factors were, it's, it's Shinkai's work. He's just kind of slowly reincorporating what we know and love from the industry. I will say uh, the final third of the story is a bit lopsided. It slows down significantly mm. where up until that point, I mean, it was at breakneck speed. You're like, moving at a good pace. I mean, yeah. it, it is cracking the two-hour mark for an animation. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, and in those moments where some of the go-around-Japan aspect is, yeah. So it's not terrible, but uh, it just it just has that lopsided element uh, that I think prevented it from being a little greater, honestly. But I had a great time with this. A nice mix of romance, fantasy, and adventure keeping you engaged. And most of all, a work that shows momentum in the lessons learned from previous films. Uh, I would say the emotional depth has come a long way from that melodramatic tone in early movies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you can practically hear like Lincoln Park playing over some of those movies. It's so like, oh man, come on. Uh, but uh, it gives me great joy to see Shinkai develop not only in his animating and not only in his directing, but his writing as well. If The surprise for me as someone that's seasoned with these films is that the writing just kept on getting better and better and more in-depth, more, more impactful more complex, more dramatic as well. Uh, and it gives me even greater joy to actually have an anime I want to recommend. We're going to go ahead and give <laughs> Susan May an 80 on the dot. Wow. That's such a good score. Yeah. I'm surprised it was Susan May that took it there. You're right. That's, that's a great surprise. Yeah. yeah. 80%. That's so good. Yeah. Um, boy, I mean, it, it looks like it's in 440 theaters. Okay. Um, that's not a lot, but I think you might be able to get one kind of close to you, at least one with yeah. hopefully within 45 minutes or something like that, if you wanted to go check this out mm -hmm. in a big screen. And 80% is a great score. Yeah. It's cool that Makoto Shinkai is continuing to get better, and mm -hmm. it's not like he's... I mean, we're in a 15-year stretch. I don't want to say he's in his Robert <laughs> De Niro phase, where he's just <laughs> right. like, give me the checks, kind of. Right, it doesn't right. need to be good. doesn't need to be anything... <laughs> You know, breathtaking or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm looking at one source here that says that basically your name, Susan May, weathering with you, they're in the top 10 as far as worldwide grossing. Okay. I don't think that's quite right, to be honest with okay. you. But those three films are doing are just huge Japanese films. Yeah. Like they're definitely in the top 15 Japanese grossing, at least, mm -hmm. or Japan mm -hmm. grossing. 80% for Susan May is so good. Yeah. I feel like it was the, the the perfect concoction of his style, what people like from his style, family oriented. You know, it was it was. And, a, it was and if you wanted to jump right into this, you can jump into this film. Yeah, you don't need to do the homework. Yeah, you know, and, that, and that's what I'd absolutely encourage people to do. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, Vin, that's that's great. I, I have one note here, basically, and okay. it's again, I I haven't watched a lot, but I've watched enough to kind of get a feel for 
really good Japanese work mm-hmm. as far as movies are concerned and everything like that. And then mm-hmm. I can also see what the Japanese people think as well. Sure. The way they tell stories are their main big stories that they love and they cherish. Very rooted in the heart of the Japanese people, kind of. You look at something like Spirited Away, which is such a huge movie for the country. Mm -hmm. You look at some of these where they touch on things, like you said, where it was concerns of the Japanese people. You get a feel for what is actually life in Tokyo, things Mm -hmm. like that. They're very good at getting to the core of the people or people's concerns. There was the one Netflix show a couple years ago where it was such a huge show going worldwide, and it was just people came into. This guy's tiny restaurant. Oh, Remember that Japanese show? Yes. Uh, Midnight Diner. Midnight Diner. Oh, and it's, what a great show. There's, I don't know, when you see enough Japanese work, you get this pick up on that vibe a little bit. Yeah. And I can't help but wondering, because it's so much in the news now, and it's become, it's going to be a growing, growing concern and talked about, about like kind of the, the demographic collapse yeah. that they're kind of facing. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to start seeing more family positive mm, animes coming. Yeah. You know? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Instead of just, hey, come see Japan. Like, because advertisements are trying to show off the country in a certain yep. way or something like that. Yep. Can we also see it now as far as like, hey, this is have a great kids. place for families. Great place for families. Have mm. kids. Things like that. Three years, we'll get that in the right. <laughs> Makoto's next movie. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a phenomenal observation, though, because I think that is exactly in the same shade as the tourist positivity that it possibly is a business element to these films. Right. That bi- right. That business element there. And also fear. Like yeah. you're saying, the, the, the earthquake stuff. He's yeah, always, yeah, yeah. He's, they're always kind of touching on that things. And I think the Studio Ghibli, and it's it's just something that gets to the heart of the Japanese people a little bit. A lot yeah. of these films just have serious heart to them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just a thought I was kind of thinking of as you were kind of talking to Robert, all these. Yeah. And, and I don't know maybe about family positivity. Apparently, Shinkai was interviewed and he says he doesn't want to do a romance for his next one, that he's had enough now of these romance films. I can imagine. I yeah. mean, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I certainly would love to see Spread him. Spread your wings. Yeah, yeah, go somewhere new with it. But um, certainly he has a grasp on and is able to interweave without it being out of place uh, some sort of concern within... You know, Japanese culture and modern Japanese culture, too. Yeah. Uh, these are very in the present day type of films. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, Vin, thank you so much for watching these. Are there things that you want to kind of touch on or anything like that? We're going to roll credits here. Uh, maybe just a little bit of a, a heads up for the coming episodes, uh, folks. Uh, <laughs> we are a, a going heads to... up or a get excited? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what you mean. Yes, get excited. Oh. <laughs> uh, you can tell if that's my outlook. You, know, you can tell. It's, ri- it's written on the walls. We got, of course, the three Guardians movies, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and Volume 3, coming out next week. The next two weeks, though, uh, we are dedicating to the behemoth Fast and Furious. hey uh, We're going to be doing the first five Fast and Furious as kind of a series special. Uh, and then the latter five, including, of course, Fast 10 as the new release in the following week. So get ready, start your engines, polish Vin Diesel's bald head, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be about family. I, that's all I got. I haven't watched him yet, so we'll have more puns. Well, we got to get through some Chris Pratt before that. But <laughs> yeah. Vin, thank you so much for watching these. Thanks for stopping by. Folks at home, I, we hope that you enjoyed this episode a little bit. And if you just want to write into us, let it, let us know. I mean, did you enjoy this or have an open mind towards this? Sure. Or did you not hate? You know, did you not like it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> if you're you, not watching any specifically, anime. if you hated it, make sure you become a producer <laughs> and send a little some some. But Vin, thank you so much, folks at home. We'll run it down one more time here. We have five centimeters per second with a sixty-eight percent. Children who chase lost voices with a fifty-two. Your name with a seventy-four. Weathering with you with a seventy-four. And finally, Suzume with an eighty percent. Folks, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would, could you give us a good rating or tell a friend about us? If you're wondering if a film is worth a watch, or if you just like to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com, where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the Donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you receive from us. We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.